Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You work for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. All right, America, I am Rich Valdez, your liberty-loving Latino amigo right here, 17 floors above Madison Square Garden. And the RNC is kicking off and the Democrats are running scared. They're literally making stuff up as they go because their platform is so weak and out of step with the people. They can't even figure out what El Trumpito, El Presidente, Donaldus Magnus, Donald J. Trump, the 45th president of the United States is trying to do. Now, there are some Democrats that have recruited Republicans. You know, rhinos, Republicans in name only, that weren't happy with the diversity of the big tent and the GOP, so they've jumped ship and hopped in bed with Joe Biden. It makes sense. Where else are they going to get this kind of support? Trump has governed so conservatively on some key social and judicial issues. Democrats say Trump is a bad person, so vote for Biden. Well, because he's not Trump. That's not good enough. That's not a plan. People expect more. That's why the Democrats are working with the media to do daily assaults on President Trump's character and his morality. Oh, you know, they say things, oh, he's a liar. He's a bully. He's a bad person. They say it so much that some people are going to believe it. And others will ridicule you as if you're the one that's misinformed if you don't subscribe to their hegemonic narrative. It's crazy. The Democrats are running so scared that they're keeping the speech Simple and plain for Joe El Bobo Biden. And by El Bobo, I mean Joe El Baboso Biden. Some of you know him as Robinette. I like to call him Joe El Baboso Biden. And his handlers, well, they fed him a teleprompter speech that was really just a renewed version of his old DNC speech from back in the days. I guess familiarity helps, I suppose. Nancy Pelosi dragged members back to Washington this Saturday, for a surprise Saturday vote to fuel their fraud-by-mail scam to impact the election. Democrats need voters so badly that they're creating new genders or new umbrella terms. For example, AOC said a couple of days back, and I talked about this on the radio, that she needed to attract more gender-expanding individuals. That was funny enough, and I talked about that a little bit when I was on the Mark Levin Show on Friday. But gender-expanding individuals. And we're going to have to stitch together women, uh, gender-expanding people. AOC's now expanding her list of issues from the Green New Deal, kids in cages, and ignoring everything happening in her district, to offering advice on what she calls substantive issues, like makeup advice and beauty tutorials online. I'm not kidding. Front page of yesterday's New York Post, Monday, August 24th, shows AOC wiping down her face from a makeup tutorial with Elle magazine. Headline, 
on the post, the face of the party. So I get questions all the time on my Instagram stories about skincare routines and makeup and what I do. And the reason why I think it's so important to share these things is that first of all, femininity has power. And in politics, there is so much criticism and nitpicking about how women and femme people present ourselves. Just being a woman is quite politicized here um, in Washington. There's this really false idea that if you care about makeup or if you care, if your interests are in beauty and fashion, that that's somehow frivolous. But I actually think these are some of the most substantive decisions that we make and we make them every morning. So AOC is the new face of the party. Can you believe that? Of course you can. You're seeing this just like I am. Meanwhile, more people died in New York City, the boroughs of the Bronx and Queens, which make up part of her district, AOC's district, from the Wuhan COVID-19 virus than any other part of the United States. Not once did she call for a congressional hearing to look into why this happened. Not once did she call out Governor Cuomo over his deadly executive decisions on the lives of nursing home residents. Nada. Calladita está on all of these quote-unquote substantive issues. But full speed ahead on her skincare routine in Elle magazine. Now, whether it's serious or not, because a lot of times politicians will take things to a, a, an extreme, sometimes a logical extreme, sometimes a ridiculous extreme, just to get a gauge of how the public will respond. And they call this theory, John Mackinac called it, the Overton window. So this might be an Overton window um, test to see how far she can go. Either way, I say hell no. When has the political press corps really gotten anything right? From forecasts on the weather to the fake, phony, and fraud-filled dossier with the Russian pee-pee tape, they've missed the mark. They got it wrong. As a kid, if I was doing something wrong, my mother would tell me, more like warn me, mira nene, vas mal, no seas bobo, vas bien mal. That was enough. That's all I had to hear because I knew she was going to throw something next. And that means, listen, kid, you're going the wrong way. Don't be a fool. You're off track here. As the press is getting this whole thing perilously wrong, paying attention to things they shouldn't and not paying attention to so many of the things that are happening that they should pay attention to, they're giving the American people the wrong information. My message to the political press corps is this. I voted for Trump to be my president, not my pastor. So when they go all off the deep end saying, vote for Biden because he's a nice guy, don't vote for Trump because he's a bad guy, his morality is not what's on the ballot for me. I cast my vote as a patriot, not as a parishioner. It's some sort of cult leftist religion. What's more, President Trump hasn't even given me a reason to question his morality while in office. He's been faithful to his wife. He's done a lot better than most presidents while in office. But I know people are going to want to debate me on that one. The bottom line here, the proof is in the pudding. And Trump's performance is positive for we the people. It's not perfunctory. He's not pontificating over politics. He's protecting America, not demagoguing the pandemic. He's made progress with plasma antibodies, a priority for patients all across America. That's putting you and me above Pelosi's partisanship and petty politics. Trump has provided opportunities for all people, including minority populations. Look, the president isn't perfect, but he also 
doesn't offer pointless platitudes to placate or to pacify people. Donald Trump is my president, not my personal panacea. He serves the interests of all Americans, including Latinos, Hispanics like me, a Boricua, a proud American of Puerto Rican heritage. And just in case Univision or Telemundo are listening right now, Donald Trump es mi presidente, no mi propio panacea personal. So keep it locked right there, because straight ahead we've got White House correspondent Fred Lucas joining us to give us a scoop from Washington, D.C. I'm Rich Valdez, and you're listening to This is America. This is America. Bienvenido, America. Welcome back. I am Rich Valdez, and I think we need to page Dr. Fauci. Paging Dr. Fauci. Paging Dr. Fauci. And that's because I saw an article entitled, Men Can Get Pregnant. Wow. Can men get pregnant? Well, the first sentence in the article says, yes. And that's from a medical doctor that reviewed the article. Anyway, I discussed that whole article and more on AOC's comments on gender expansion on my radio show this Saturday. So you can check that out at WABCradio.com if you want to go check it out. It's the August 22nd episode. So you can just put my name in the search bar, August 22nd or 8-22-2020. It should pop right up. It's under the uh, live weekend programming on WABC. Now, speaking of Dr. Fauci, he says that voting in person is safe. Well, New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy, who thinks he's supreme ruler of New Jersey, disagrees. He's willing to break the law in order to make his point. Many of you guys know I was born in Brooklyn. I moved to Jersey when I was 12. So it comes as no surprise that when New Jersey's making national headlines, that I'm going to want to talk about that. Last week, the Trump re-election campaign, the Republican National Committee, and the New Jersey Republican Party sued the state of New Jersey over Governor Murphy's latest illegal mandate. Now, those of you that have been following the tyrannical actions of the governor, Governor Murphy, in New Jersey, know that he's been shutting down gyms like Attila's Gym, taking away business licenses, threatening to shut off electricity, and so much more. Last week, Governor Murphy announced that he was going to expand voting in New Jersey to give residents more of an option. The problem is the governor doesn't have that authority. That power rests with the legislature, not the executive branch. You know, that whole process where people are elected to represent the citizens of the state and go and debate the law and take it from committee to a bill and then the next step from the House to the legislature to the Senate and then eventually get it over to the governor's desk for him to sign or veto. That's literally how our government works. But that's not what Governor Murphy's doing. Governor Murphy says, you know what, whether you ask for one or not, I am going to send you, uh, and not an absentee ballot, but what they call a mail-in ballot. So you'll have a ballot to vote in the November election, whether you ask for one or not. And this, this is something they already tested out in June with the primaries, or July, I should say, because I got one and I had no choice but to vote by mail. Now, interestingly, they're saying that you can go and vote in person, but now that's the odd man out. Voting in person will be a delayed option where you'll have to fill out an application for a provisional ballot to vote the regular way. I mean, does that not strike anybody as weird? So it comes as no surprise that President Trump at the Republican National Convention, which kicked off yesterday in South Carolina, had a lot to say about the Democrats and their mail-in voting. And much of that was aimed at New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy for pushing the limits of his tyrannical power. I want to share with you a little bit of an article that I read in the Newark Star-Ledger. Check this out. Headline, Democrat Phil Murphy's mail-in mandate is profoundly undemocratic. This is by Paul Mulshine. 
I don't know how many times I heard a politician warn about Donald Trump's threat to our quote-unquote democracy at that Democratic convention last week. Here's a question I would like to put to each one of them. If a politician can make a unilateral decision to dispense with the election code in his state prior to a hotly contested election, then what hope is there for our democracy? That's what Phil Murphy has done here in New Jersey with his decision to eliminate the traditional practice of machine voting and substitute it with universal vote by mail. As soon as that decision was announced, I heard from former Assemblyman Michael Patrick Carroll from Morris County in an email. He said that the election code bans the use of the sort of quote-unquote drop boxes that would be available to receive ballots under Murphy's plan. Quote, NJSA 19-63-4, that's a state law, provides that no person shall serve as an authorized messenger or as a bearer for more than three qualified voters in an election. End quote. That's from former Assemblyman Carroll. Not only that, but the number of ballots that the bearer can deposit was reduced from 10 to 3 as recently as 2015. And that's because prior election results had been reversed in court because of a relatively small number of disputed votes. Check this out. In 2012, a case involving a Republican freeholder in a primary who won by a mere six votes had his win overturned in court because of a disputed messenger ballot. As for the practice of mailing out ballots to every voter, that conflicts with the next section of the code, which states, quote, in the case of any election, the application for a mail-in ballot should be made to the county clerk, end quote. The county clerk is not the governor. In Governor Murphy's Executive Order 177, this suspends several other sections of that same code, and its reasoning is ostensibly that COVID-19 makes it difficult or unsafe for people to vote in person. But plenty of other states have retained their traditional system of voting, most prominently Florida. A friend of mine who voted in the state's primary elections last week called me to say that Florida retains the highly efficient system of machine voting backed up by paper ballots that was adopted after the 2000 Bush-Gore fiasco. Incidentally, this system produces results on election night, but switching to a system that could drag things out like mail-in voting could be a nightmare, and Trump has warned about this. Mulshine writes, if Murphy had wanted a new election code, all he had to do was ask his fellow Democrats who control both houses of the New Jersey legislature. If both houses passed such a bill, the minority Republicans could not have stopped it. Last week, the state and national Republican parties filed a lawsuit arguing that Murphy's move is unconstitutional. The suit filed in federal court argues that Article 1, Section 4 of the United States Constitution, quote, gives state legislatures, not governors, the power to set the time, place, and manner of congressional elections, end quote. They also argue that a blanket vote-by-mail mandate opens the door to fraud and thereby unconstitutionally dilutes the power of each individual voter. To that end, they cite the example conveniently provided by Murphy's fellow Democrats that in municipal elections in Patterson in May, the attorney general, this is another quote from the lawsuit, the attorney general has charged four individuals in Patterson, New Jersey, including one sitting city council member and one candidate for city councilor, uh, council who nominally won their race on charges arising from a scheme to collect and illegally mail in hundreds of absentee ballots in that election. This is a 37-page filing that was in the federal court, part of the lawsuit from the GOP. 
Now, State Senator Mike Testa, a Cape May Republican and a lawyer who is co-author of the brief from the state side, said that if the GOP wins, voters will still be able to vote by mail as they did in prior elections. Quote from him, we're not trying to take away the ability to vote by mail, Testa said. We just want to feel we're all equipped with enough to handle an election in which the governor has unilaterally changed the code. End quote. It's not just a matter of fraud, Testa said. In the recent primaries, he said about 10% of mail-in ballots were thrown out, mainly because a poll worker decided that the signature on the ballot did not match the name on file. Meanwhile, the system lacked the ability to quickly count even the relatively small number of votes cast in a primary election. The race for the Republican nomination for the U.S. Senate took more than a month to decide. Some of the general election contests could drag on as long as Bush v. Gore did back in 2000. But the real problem here is not the upcoming election. It's the governor's assumption that he can change the rules for it, even without consulting with his fellow Democrats, never mind the Republicans. If our democracy can be cast aside that easily, then there wasn't much to it in the first place. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. And according to Molshine, that's what the foremost critic of democracy said almost 100 years ago. H.L. Mencken. The whole aim of practical politics is to keep the populace alarmed and hence clamorous to be led to safety by menacing it with an endless series of hobgoblins, all of them imaginary. Our governor is doing his best to prove H.L. Mencken right. So if you're worried about some imagined hazard from voting in person... Go no further than Dr. Anthony Fauci's views on the subject, saying, quote, if you want to go and wear a mask, if you observe the, let me try my Fauci, if you want to go and wear a mask, if you observe physical distancing and don't have a crowded situation, there's no reason you shouldn't be able to vote in person to do that, said Fauci. Meanwhile, the Republicans say they're getting numerous complaints from the voters that are upset with being unable to use a, a regular machine during the primary to vote. Mulshine finalizes his column saying, count me among the complainers. When I tried to vote in person in the recent primary, I was told I had to fill out a long application for a provisional ballot. Unlike with the machine, I have no way of knowing whether my vote was counted or not. According to New Jersey Spotlight, 10% of ballots were rejected in the recent primary elections, mainly because the signatures were rejected. Meanwhile, provisional ballots are not counted at the polling place. If the ballot is rejected for some reason, that voter has no way of knowing if it was ever counted or not. There's only one way to make sure your vote is counted. Go to the polls and register. Register your vote on a voting machine. There's no reason traditional voting can't coexist with mail-in ballots for those who want them. Well, there's one reason, writes Mulshine, and he finishes saying, I'll leave it to you to figure out what that is. So, good piece by Paul Mulshine. Kudos to President Trump for standing up to the bullies and fighting back. The Democrats are trying desperately to, quote unquote, reimagine how liberty works in our republic. I don't think we can let them get away with that. We've got to fight like hell, win or lose, right? Because it's win or lose. You don't just shy away from a fight because you think you're going to lose. You fight the fight because you know it's right 
to fight. You're fighting for what is right. That's where we have to come from. Not practicality, but principle. Straight ahead, White House correspondent Fred Lucas joins us with some gossip from the swamp and to talk about his new book. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. He's making podcasting great again. This is America with Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. I am Rich Valdez, your liberty-loving Latino amigo right here, 17 floors above Madison Square Garden. And our special guest right now is Fred Lucas. Fred Lucas is the White House correspondent for The Daily Signal. He's in the swamp every day reporting on what's going on. Fred used to work for The New York Times, so he's got a nose for swamp creatures. Fred, uh, excuse me, Fred has written a couple of books, a really a couple of really good ones, and his latest book is what we're going to talk about right now. Fred, welcome to This is America. Oh, thanks for having me on, Rich. You bet, brother. So tell us about the book. What inspired the title? Oh, well, Abuse of Power is actually one of the impeachment charges, and part of the problem with that is that both of the impeachment charges against Trump in this case were uh, non-crimes. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> Abuse of Power, uh, the name of the book, um, it essentially looks at how we got to this point of having an election year impeachment trial uh, based on really hazy charges uh, with no allegations of criminality. And it, it traces it back uh, to show that it had little to do with a Ukraine phone call, uh, whether that call was perfect or not. Uh, it basically looks at this all really began even before inauguration, uh, pretty much immediately after Trump was elected. Uh, it was a sustained effort by progressives in Congress and uh, progressive nonprofits, uh, Tom Steyer, MoveOn.org, and some others, to galvanize the base behind this uh, impeaching, impeach Trump for something, anything. Looking at the full title, I mean, because I think it's really telling, you know, abuse of power inside the three-year campaign to impeach Donald Trump. I'm guessing that you lay out the case that we saw play out in the many months that led up to this uh, impeachment fiasco, what was your favorite part, or I guess the big standout part of the book? Well, um, there are very few things. Uh, one, one of the things uh, that, that gets to it later in the book, um, it does lay out the, uh, the chapter called The Trigger, uh, in which it gets into basically uh, a lot of the things that had happened with Ukraine. Um, and one of the things that's, uh, that, that doesn't get talked about, but there was... Uh, a good deal of media coverage of uh, Hunter Biden's conflicts with Ukraine at the time when his father was leading the Obama administration's efforts on Ukraine. Uh, actually, the New York Times, Washington Post, and New Yorker were running stories about this really just days before this July 25th phone call, which was the supposedly an impeachable offense. Uh, So it's almost unthinkable that this kind of topic wouldn't come up because it had been in the news. And, uh, I mean, let's face it, this president is a a big consumer of media. So uh, that's the kind of topic that's going to be out there. So, Fred, tell us about the bird's eye view being inside the swamp, because not all swamp creatures like each other. They don't all get along. I know you've talked about the rivalry between Adam Schiff and Jerry Nadler and most impeachments. They are led by the judiciary chair, but this was very odd from the beginning with Adam Schiff taking the lead. What's the backstory? Yeah, the, there, there's a backstory. Uh, a big part of that is that Adam Schiff was very ambitious. He wanted to be involved in this. Uh, the other part was that Jerry Nadler 
just did not impress anyone. He's, he was, in part, his heart wasn't in it to start with. Uh, and then he got a primary opponent in New York uh, and, um, and who was campaigning against him for not moving aggressively on impeachment. After that, we saw him move uh, towards a what he called an impeachment inquiry and having Nad, or, um, excuse me, Mueller uh, testimony to the Judiciary Committee. Um, after uh, the Mueller testimony debacle and some other hearings, Nadler just did not do very well. And it was at that point that Pelosi determined if she has to move forward with impeachment, she's not going to turn to Nadler for this. Uh, Schiff, on the meantime, was, um, there's some evidence based on just his, he had a tweet out uh, in which he had talked about uh, money being withheld from Ukraine while uh, Rudy Giuliani is um, investigating Joe Biden. Mm. And um, it, it, this was like about two weeks before this whistleblower complaint. So it, it, it did seem that, uh, I mean, it does seem that there was some evidence out there that Schiff knew what was coming and that he was really angling to be part of this. Wow. So it's there is no honor amongst thieves in Washington. Now, I want to get into a couple other things because you're the guy that's got his ear to the ground. Um, what was your initial reaction to the Democrat National Convention from last week? Well, it was it was very dark for the three. For, well, for the most part, uh, I think Biden probably surpassed expectations. Um, the, <laughs> the expectations were incredibly low. Uh, but yeah, hey. He had more energy, I suppose, than most people anticipated. Yeah. Now, and fast forwarding to today, I, just a little while ago, we heard, you know, some of the delegates pledging their support for President right. Donald Trump so and, and for Vice President Mike Pence uh, yet again for the 2020 election. Uh, what do you anticipate or what are you hearing about what's coming forth tonight and uh, for the rest of the week with the RNC? Well, it does look like there's going to be at least more of a convention feel to it. And and they have a uh, you know have a number of speakers coming up in this. So um, yeah, I mean I I think it's going to be more like a convention feel. More it might be more of a hotel ballroom convention feel as opposed to a large arena convention. But it's not going to be as you know like watching a, a Zoom meeting as the most of the DNC was. Yeah, I think I tend to agree with you. And again, I want to just uh, really uh, highlight the uh, the book. The book is. Abuse of Power Inside the Three-Year Campaign to Impeach Donald Trump. It's available right now on Amazon.com. So make sure you get a copy, get a copy for a friend, because it really explains what led up to the impeachment and how, I'm going to say, how uh, weak the case was to begin with and all of the backstory. Fred, final point? Yeah, um, I, I think a big final point was would be also to add in here that uh, the role that the squad played in this. And... Uh, there, there was uh, one Capitol Hill insider that really explained that uh, there was a direct parallel with, with impeachment and the power of the squad, which uh, they almost, uh, they were the group that sort of broke Pelosi. She had tried to stave this off for a long time. And then, uh, so, so, so that is an interesting point that I think readers will be interested in abuse of power. Yeah. And you know what? That seems to be a recurring theme with them also having a lot of influence 
with the uh, DNC convention. And honestly, today's New York Post has a picture of AOC doing a makeup tutorial on Instagram, and it says, the headline, the face of the party. So clearly they've made an impact and they're here to stay. Fred Lucas is the White House correspondent for The Daily Signal, and I want to thank you for being with us here today again. One more time, that book, Abuse of Power, the three-year campaign to impeach Donald Trump. It's available in Kindle version and in paperback. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kindle version, paperback. Um, you, can get to, you can also get a uh, Barnes & Noble and anywhere else as well. So. Excellent, excellent. Well, Fred, thank you for being with us here on This is America. Hearing the facts that are going on is so critical in a time like this, in a time where our republic is teetering, in a time where phony news is easy to find and facts are difficult to find. That's why I always get my info from JustFacts.com. And right now, JustFacts just today released a brand new article on global warming and climate change, posing the question, how much land area has the Earth lost on net since 1985 due to rising sea levels? So make sure you check that out and sign up for their newsletter at JustFacts.com. If you go to JustFacts.com forward slash Rich, that's my name, Rich, R-I-C-H, JustFacts.com slash Rich. You could sign up for their newsletter. You could get everything that they're talking about whenever they're talking about it. They don't bombard you with a lot of spam. They put just the right amount of information on the things that people are really talking about. So I encourage you to give them a follow on social media. I encourage you to go and sign up for that newsletter at JustFacts.com forward slash Rich. Because facts are important. Standing up for what is right is important. Similar to the president being defiant in the face of a bully. We all have to take heed to that example. We all have to pay attention to what's going on and realize we've got to vote like our lives depend on it. And I don't think any of us are going to die if Biden gets elected. But I do think the country as we know it will be changed forever. And some could say that would be the end of America. And I do truly believe that in my heart. I'm not saying we'll cease to exist, but I do think the liberty we once knew will go on a really fast express track of the slippery slope like we've never seen before. The radical far left wing of the Democrat Party will totally take over. What we're seeing in cities across America that have that type of radical left wing Democrat control, what they call no cash bail reform. Basically, you commit a crime, they give you a ticket to come back to court, they don't hold you in jail. No bail. You don't have to post bail. That means you're free. The argument for that was that, quote unquote, people of color weren't able to bail themselves out and had to do time. So they changed that. And now what we have are a bunch of crimes being committed by the same people that we're letting out, irrespective of their color, because the whole people of color thing was a ruse to begin with. No cash bail has not helped a single person, not even the people that got out. They ended up with more charges and some of them are eventually going to face felony charges that are going to put them away for a long time, if not get themselves shot for committing these crimes. The Green New Deal. For those of you who've ever looked into it, think about how our society could function without fossil fuels, without trains, without trucks, without cars, without airplanes. How would we travel? Of course, they have some pie in the sky fantasy. And there's always that one guy that says, well, you got to start somewhere. I mean, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time, right? Yeah, whatever. Fossil fuels are what we use. The combustion engines, one of those handful of things out there that literally changed the way the world is, is run, the way we operate in the world. 
the way economies are affected. Billions of dollars have been made. Industry after industry was created. The Industrial Revolution, which really put America on the map. I'm talking about everything. We need electricity, not solar, not wind. And we could try that. But clearly we're seeing that that stuff is not superior to electricity. It's not superior to the combustion engine. I mean, just imagine running air conditioning off of maybe natural gas. Okay, no problem. Kamala Harris says no more fracking. So with no more fracking, that's a whole lot less natural gas and the cost of natural gas going through the roof. And instead of having natural gas that we're getting from Pennsylvania and the Dakotas and other states, nope, those people go out of work. They become state property, dependents of the state. AOC and her communist grandpa, Bernie Sanders, Denmark, are going to have to take care of those people. And we'll have to start importing it from other places. It makes no sense. These people have their heads up their butts, for lack of a better word. Thinking about it, honestly, it takes the wind out of my sails. Because what we need is more industry, not less. What we need are more innovation, more ideas, not less. We don't need to repeat the playbook that they used in Cuba, the playbook that they used in Venezuela, the playbook that they used to create the Soviet Union, which in many ways collapsed disastrously but in many ways still rears its ugly head in many places across this country, in many places across this planet. It's now or never. We have to focus on the facts and do what's right for us and for future generations. Anyway, I'm rambling now, so I'll leave you with those thoughts. And of course, my famous admonitions from Edmund Burke and Hamilton. If you stand for nothing, you will fall for anything. And the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to sit there and do nothing. So don't. Rise up, do something, know something, and teach someone else about it. Hasta la próxima, America. I'm Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com.